Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So we're talking about the tyranny of religion, and this is part five. And I don't know how many parts we'll have. Like I told you, we could go through the year. We might not. I don't know. I just really try to be sensitive to the Lord. And, and uh, just like the children of Israel receive new manna every morning, except on Sundays. They could gather enough, well, Friday, whatever. They could gather enough at the end of the week for the Sabbath. So every day, the Lord gives me daily bread. And I really try to base what I share with you on that daily bread. But I want to remind you that a tyrant is a cruel, oppressive ruler. And tyranny is cruel, oppressive rulership. And we know who the tyrant is, right? The tyrant is the devil. He is a cruel, oppressive ruler. And our battle is never against flesh and blood, ever. It's against principalities, powers, and and rulers of darkness. And, you know, by the way, in the hierarchy of demons, the only demons that directly afflict, afflict you as a person are the rulers of darkness. And as we've said very many times, what does a ruler of darkness need to rule? A, okay. Thank you. A ruler of darkness needs darkness to rule. So, what did the apostle, the beloved, say? If we walk in the, come on, light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So, if you're walking in the light, the ruler of darkness, the rulers of darkness cannot have any authority in your life. They can lie, they can deceive, but they cannot overpower you. That is why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with our heart to the depths of our subconscious. Because I am determined, and I mean, when I say I'm determined, you don't know me. When I say I'm determined, I mean it. To not have any hidden agenda, no bad motives, no malice. And I'm telling you, if the Lord shows me an iota, I, I will, I'll keep that list short. And I just encourage you to do the same. So we're going to talk about what for me, I probably said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> but for me has probably been the greatest tyrant. If I said last week was the greatest tyrant, well, forget that. Because <laughs> this one really is. Now, remember, your self-image and your self-worth are formed by the time you're 20 years old. So that means everything that was impregnated into you, into your subconscious, into your conditioned mind, from birth to 20 years old. I mean, you might be 80. I don't see anybody in here that young. But if you are, you might still. Is anybody in here 80 yet? Yes, Judith, you don't look at. Well, you're not 80, Lewis. No, you're not. Dee Dee, how old is he? Why didn't we have a party? All right. Well, you don't look that either. Because we're going to be young until the day we die at a very old age. 
And I do not very often go to the mirror and do this. I just don't, okay? I just trust the Lord to renew my youth. So, from the beginning of time, a lie was told. I'm going to read to you from Genesis 3. This is the Passion Translation. Now, the snake was the most cunning of all living beings that Yahweh God had made. He deviously asked the woman, did God really tell you, you must not eat from any tree of the garden? But the woman interrupted, we may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except the tree in the center of the garden. God told us, don't eat its fruit or even touch it or you'll die. Now, we know God never said they couldn't touch it. So because she communicated with the serpent and had a conversation with him, deception immediately. Listen, I don't pay the devil attention. I just want you to know that. You know why? I'm basing it on the letter to the Colossians. Paul said that Jesus disarmed the enemy and made a public display over him and triumphed over him openly. Well, if he's disarmed... He only has one tool, and that one tool is deception. So now I'm not saying you shouldn't use the keys of binding and loosing. We can bind as we should and loose. But don't be having conversations with the devil. Sometimes I hear people pray. I just want to wait for them. And Satan, I put you on notice. Well, he was put on notice at Calvary. (laughs) That's religion. I'm sorry if you do that. I don't know who you are, so don't get offended. (laughs) But I hear people in prayer have these long conversations with the devil. That's a big mistake. That's what Eve did. All right, so. But the snake said to her, you certainly won't die. God knows that the moment you eat it, your eyes will be opened. Well, he was right about that. But in, in a bad way. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree produced delicious fruit, delightful to look upon and desirable to give one insight, she took its fruit and ate it. See, that's a a lie right there. When the woman saw, she'd been seeing the tree since she was created. But that's one of his devices. He just gets you to look at something. And believe you don't have what he said you have. Maybe you have a symptom in your body and you're fixated on that symptom. And then what happens? You start believing it over the truth. And here's the bad part. She took its fruit and ate it and she gave some to her husband who was with her. That's the saddest part to me. He was there the whole time. Timothy, it says it wasn't the, the, the uh, man who was deceived. It was the woman. He wasn't deceived. He committed high treason because he chose bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man like Tarzan. <laughs> and men ever since. His job was to tend garden, keep the garden. From the beginning of time... The tyrant has told people created in the image of God that they don't hear him. One. Two, you're not like him. 
During worship, I read to you from Ephesians 4. You have been created in the image of him. Providing you've given your heart to Jesus. If you haven't, you do it right now where you're seated. Just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come live in me. Take my life and fulfill your purpose. You don't have to go through some 30-minute prayer. I mean, you can pray for 30 minutes, but you don't have to. Prayer is conversation. It's just conversing with God. So the big lie, God's word is not true. You don't hear him. As God said, maybe you missed him. I thought God told me that. I'm crushed. Listen, if God told you and it's a promise in the word, isn't it awesome that he gave you the answer already? All the promises of God are yes. Now, as we've said many times, if it's something that's not directly in the word, who do I marry? What job do I take? Who's, what doctor do I go to? What attorney do you better ask God what attorney you go to? What do you want me to do today? What is, what is the gift, my ministry calling? Those are things that he might say yes or no to. Or he might say, well, wait, and I'm going to develop you. I'm going to mature you first. It's not time yet. But when it comes to the revealed will of God, how do I know what that is? If Jesus did it when he walked the earth, it's the will of the Father. He said, I've come to do your will. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. How, how can you miss it? Or Philip, Lord, show us the Father. It's good enough for us. Philip, have I been so long with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the exact imprint of the glory of God, the very imprint of his nature. If you want to know the will of God, look at Jesus, period. But in the other things... You know, I mean, you, you ought to ask the Lord how long you're going to live. How are you going to apprehend that if you don't know? Okay, now I lost you. All right, fine. I already did that. Have your own way. God's word isn't true, and God doesn't care. God's withholding from you. That's tyranny. Anything that produces fear, insecurity, and inferiority in you is the voice of the tyrant. Don't ever forget it. Renounce fear-based religion and never, ever, ever, ever make a decision based on fear, ever. In my studies, the Lord led me to Isaiah 40. And you know, even though this is a famous passage, I never noticed verse 27. Why do you say and declare my way and lot are hidden from the Lord and my right is passed over without regard for my God? The passion. Why then would you ever complain? And why would you say Yahweh isn't paying attention to my situation? He has lost all interest in what happens to me. It's exactly what happened in the garden. I'm going to show you more. It doesn't stop there. There's nothing original with the devil. Malachi 3, 14. 
You have said it is useless to serve God. And what profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk gloomily as if in mourning apparel before the Lord of hosts? And now we consider the proud and arrogant to be happy and favored and evildoers are exalted and prosper. Yes, and when they test God, they escape unpunished. I have literally had people say to me, they're getting away with it. Speaking of higher powers, et cetera, they're getting away with it. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. I don't listen to the prognosticators. I had someone text me. I'm afraid and said something she was afraid of. And this is the text she got back because everybody wants to be my friend. <laughs> Capital letters, S-T-O-P. Amen. That's what I texted back. I'm not engaging in, in, in fear-based conversation. Not with you, not, not with anybody. The devil is always out to steal your power. And what is the number one way he steals your power? Fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. You need to sign up now for chosen. We're not taking sign-ups yet, but you should. Or are we taking sign-ups, Cindy? You can do it online because it's chosen power. It's going to be the most powerful conference we've ever had. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss it. You said it is useless to serve God. And you call the arrogant and those who test God blessed. I'm telling you, that's dangerous. We need to say right things about God. I'll read that to you in a minute. Jeremiah 15, I love this. This is one of my favorite passages. Jeremiah 15, 15. Jeremiah said, O Lord, you know and understand. Remember me and visit your long suffering to my enemies. Know for your sake I suffer and bear reproach. So what is Jeremiah doing? He's telling God how good he is. Not how good God is, how good Jeremiah is. You know, for your sake, I suffer and bear reproach. Your words were found. I ate them. Your words were to be a joy in the rejoicing of my heart. I didn't sit in the assembly of those who make merry, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me. You filled me with indignation. You see how he's blaming God? And then it gets worse. You know what I love about the Lord? He just listens. And then he says, are you finished? Yes. <laughs> Here you go, Jeremiah. Why is my pain perpetual? My wound incurable refusing to be healed. Now watch him accuse God. Will you indeed be to me like a deceitful brook? And like waters, what is waters? The word. And like waters that fail and are unreliable or uncertain. So this is, again, Genesis 3 revisited. It's because of you. What did Eve do? What is this you've done? Well, the serpent beguiled me. Adam, what have you done? Was the woman you gave me? Notice God did not talk to the serpent. He just cursed him. Oh, this is just so exciting to me. Now, Jeremiah shuts his mouth and therefore says the Lord, if you return, Jeremiah, and give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair, then I will again give you a settled place of quiet and safety. And you will be my minister. And if you separate the precious from the vile and cleanse your own heart from unworthy and unwarranted suspicions concerning God's faithfulness, you shall be my mouthpiece. So who, who had the problem? 
Jeremiah because he doubted God's faithfulness. Hey, I've got good news for you. His name is faithful and his name is true. The voice of the tyrant. What's the use? God doesn't care. He's too busy. You missed God. You can't hear him. I just had somebody last week tell me that. I can't hear God. I said, well, are you his sheep? Yeah. Well, then you just call Jesus a liar. Like I said, everybody wants to be my friend. (laughs) He's not listening to my prayers. You know what? That kind of doubt is devil's food. What about Job? We all, we should all take the posture of Job. Job said to the Lord, this is after his approximately one year of suffering. People, scholars have said that the entire, we make a whole gospel out of what Satan did to Job. But that whole experience lasted about a year. It was a long year, but it was a year. Then Job said to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose or thought of yours can be thwarted. You said to me, who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? That is what the Lord is saying to many of us. You've obscured my counsel because you're speaking things without knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, God's people are destroyed. Why? For lack of knowledge. Therefore, I now see that I have rashly uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. I said to you what you said to me. Here I beseech you and I will speak. I will demand of you and you declare to me, Lord. I heard of you only by the hearing of my ear, but now my spiritual eyes see you. And therefore, I loathe my words and I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. And after the Lord had spoken the words to Job, the Lord said to Job's friends, my wrath is kindled against you, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job had. What did Job speak that was right? Lord, I thought I knew you, but I don't. I rashly said words that contain no knowledge. Lord, I repent. Now you teach me. That is one of the most humble things we can do. Rather than the, I can't hear God. Well, what are you doing? You're accusing him. Beware of accusing the Lord. Doubt is devil's food. And what happened to the devil? Genesis 3:14. Because you have done this, you are cursed above all domestic animals and above every wild living thing of the field. Upon your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust. Here it is. And what it contains all the days of your life. Isaiah 65:25 and dust shall be the serpent's food. What's dust? Is it the thing you suck up in your vacuum cleaner? Do you know what 85% of the dust in your home is? It's flesh. What was man created from? The dust of the ground. Don't give him your flesh. How do you do that? He who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit of the spirit reaps life. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means to sow to the flesh. Well, let me help you. Doubt and unbelief, fear, words against God, 
accusing God, gossip, lies, deception, and then the more obvious ones like sexual sins and things like that, addictions, idolatry. Well, I, you know, I'm not an idolater. Well, you know, the Apostle John said in 1 John 5, 21, is, he said that idolatry is anything that occupi occupies the place in your heart due to God. Could be television. Could be the news. I had someone say to me the other day, we were talking about a situation. They said, well, it depends on what news you watch. I want, I don't watch the news. I don't. I don't want to get depressed. Besides that, that my Bible says that the government rests on his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. So what's the problem? The church is supposed to live like we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're just determined to do that. All right, so here's the truth. Isaiah 40, after they questioned God, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of heavens and earth does not faint or grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. To him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and make it abound. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and power. They will lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That word in the Hebrew, wait, is a primitive root. It means to bind together by twisting or to expect. A cord of three strands shall not be quickly torn apart. The Lord needs our cooperation in order to fulfill his will. The tyrant will always say God doesn't care. The tyrant will always say God withholds good. I just get so, I just cringe when I hear people say things like, well, the Bible says he withholds no good thing, but I watch he withholds good. Well, you're calling God a liar. Did you ever consider maybe it's something we're doing? All right, now I really lost you. All right, let's look at the lie. The lie, God doesn't care. Learn to renounce it immediately as soon as the serpent speaks that to you. Luke 10, 38, you know this passage. It happened that when he entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? And you know what the story is. She was ticked off because Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary chose the better part, which shall not be taken away from her. And so Martha was, was mad at Jesus, and she accused him of not caring. Mark 4, 36, and leaving the throng, they took him with them just as he was. And in the boat, which was he was sitting, and other boats were with him, and a furious storm of wind arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat so that it had already become filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? All of this goes back to the garden. God doesn't care. Has he said he knows that if you eat the fruit of the tree of life, that's the truth. If you eat the fruit of the tree of life, 
who is Jesus, you're like him. But oh no, Satan, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. When all along they were like him and we are too, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are like him. But where are you drawing your life? Are you drawing life from the world, from the news, from the bad reports? Where are you drawing life? You know that old song, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It doesn't say like a river. Doesn't show like. Have you ever put a water hose up to your mouth, maybe when you were a kid, and the force of that water? Do you know that's how we should be? That the force of the river is coming out of us so strong. I can tell you story after story after story of people I don't even know that would latch on to me. Why? Life. We ought to have so much life in us that darkness can't attach to us. I'm learning. I'm with you. He said, they said, don't you care? God, Jesus, you don't care, number one. Number two, we're going to die. We're going to die. And Jesus arose. He rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, hush now, be still. The wind ceased, I love this, and sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. Isn't that funny that the enemy exhausts himself? That's what happened in the temptation. The Bible says he departed until a more opportune time. The devil did. And there was immediate a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? So the tyranny of religion says God doesn't care, that you cannot hear God and his word is not truth. And I'm hearing it everywhere. I don't think I hear him. 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 Well, if that's what you think, you better go to John 10, verse 4 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures and then we're going to get a testimony. John 10. Well, I just quoted it. When he brought his own sheep outside, he walks before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never on any account follow a stranger. What does the voice of the stranger say? You don't hear God. You don't hear God. You miss God. You miss God. I'm sure most of you remember the great prophet, Kim Clement. And we had him here on several occasions, didn't we, Cindy? Quite a few occasions. And so I got to have special time with him in the speaker's lounge, and that was really fun. He was a very deep, deep man. And I remember going in one time, and I asked him directly, I said, um, if, you're, if you hear something from God or if you get a prophecy and it doesn't happen the way you heard or it doesn't, it's not fulfilled the way it was spoken, does that mean you miss God? That was my question. And he looked up at me and he said, no, because a lot of times it requires the obedience of other people. And I've heard story after story my spiritual father, I remember the Lord told him that he was going to, he needed a certain amount to make budget for the ministry. And the Lord told him at this meeting, you're going to meet the budget. And so he goes to the meeting. They take up an offering. 
But the pastor only gave him a portion. And it wasn't anywhere near the amount. And he was irate. I mean, he was just irate because that offering was taken up for him. But he decided, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to go on. He made the right choice, even though his emotions were affected. So, but listen to this. And that night he was at the hotel and he was walking around the hotel pool and he was just praying. And a man came running up to him and he said, brother, I need to see you. He said, the Lord told me to give you something and I had to leave the meeting early and I didn't get this in the offering. But he told me, I better give it to you. And he handed him a check. And it was more than he needed. Well, what happened? What he heard God say was predicated on the obedience of someone else. And isn't it super cool that he didn't get it in the bucket? Because that could have been taken too. And he found out later there was a huge need at that church. And, and they really needed that to survive. So... All right, First uh, John 2, 20, 21, um, at a time in my life when I was really doubting if I had heard God, this is what he gave me, and it has carried me. First John 2, 20, you have the, you've been anointed by the Holy One, and you know all the truth. I write to you not because you are ignorant and do not know the truth, but because you do know the truth, and you know positively that nothing false and no deception and no lie is of the truth. What is the truth? John 17, 17, Jesus said, my word is truth. That Greek word for truth means reality. My word is reality. It's more real to you than what you see with your eyes, more than what you hear with your ears, and certainly more than what you feel with your physical senses. If God said something to you in the word of God, there is no lie of the truth. It is impossible for God to deceive you it's impossible. It's not that he will not lie. He cannot lie. And the Bible says in 1 John 5 to cast the whole of your care on him because he cares for you. And so if you think for one moment, for one moment, that God doesn't care, if you believe that age-old serpent lie, right where you're sitting, you just say, God, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I want to be like Job. I abhor my words and I repent and I'll embrace your truth. I want somebody to come up here now that did just that. And then I'm going to finish and tell you a really cool story. Raleen Luna, come share your miracle with us. First of all, I want to say that I am very thankful that I am a friend of Sandy's. <laughs> I love someone who's going to speak truth and nothing but the truth into my life. And, you know, I just want you to know when you are going through a trial or you're going through an attack, you want to make sure that your inner circle are people of faith. Right unwavering faith that will only stand on the word of God and nothing else. That's right. I don't look for people to sympathize or empathize with me. I immediately go to those people who know the word and are going to stand only in the word with me. So this is for the glory of God. My testimony is that 
Back in April, gonna set a quick groundwork. Back in April, uh, my dermatologist, I go for yearly checks, and uh, she said, there's something that I see, and it was right up here in my eye area, and she said, I don't like the way it looks, and she says, you need to have it checked. So I had, she couldn't do it, because you had to have a specialist, so I went to an ophthalmologist, had it checked, and they immediately biopsied it. Two weeks later, when my appointment was supposed to happen, the doctor's office called and said, the doctor went out of town, and we're going to have to reschedule. Why don't you call us back at a convenient time? I was like, okay. They didn't seem excited about it or worried, and I didn't either. So I don't walk in fear. So I'm like, all right, that's good news, right? Kind of no, no news is good news. So moving past April, I was praying along with some of my prayer warriors for, for a friend of mine, Leslie, who had developed eight tumors in her brain. And every single day, I mean, we're calling out her name, fasting, praying, taking meals, loving on her, being the body of Christ over this lady. And a friend of ours had come, and uh, that's an evangelist, and had prayed for her. And he was staying in her home. And I literally stood in proxy in our living room and had him pray over me the next day after he had prayed over her. And for like 20 minutes, it was like the fire of God coming through my body as I received for her healing. And like the next week, she gets a report that she's whole. She couldn't take chemo. It was making her sick. And so she had to stop. And the report was that she was whole. That was on Monday. I am rejoicing. You can just imagine on Tuesday, um, I found um, a place on my right breast. And so I'm friends with my doctor. She said, don't come in. I want you to go immediately for an ultrasound. They saw two places that they uh, said the tissue did not look right. And of course, I'm already calling Sandy and my inner circle who will believe with me. And so on, this is on Tuesday, I have to go the next week for the, for the biopsy. I saw a snake in our house. It's crazy. We live in the country. My door, I lifted up for my dog to go outside. And as I came back in the room, in the hallway, there was a snake. And I picked it up with long tongs and took it to the driveway. And I threw it down with all of my might. And I came back in the house. And I was like, gosh, that's crazy. We've never had that happen. I don't even see snakes. And so... That next evening, I am being prayed for with some friends of ours over the phone on the speakerphone, and I look up during that prayer in our living room, and I see a scorpion coming down the wall, and I'm like, this is crazy. We get it sprayed. That doesn't happen, and so I'm telling Robert, go kill the scorpion while they're praying for me, right? And we were watching Stephanie Gretzinger's Presence 2022. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome, and after they finished praying, we took off the pause and started watching it again. And Robert and I were laying on separate couches, just weeping and praising the Lord. It's just so powerful. And I am not having fear, but the Lord is needing to deal with my heart. Will you trust me? And I would, I will. So as I am laying there, I'd gone to sleep. As I am waking up, I hear these words audibly. And it's the first time I've ever heard audible words from the Lord. And he said, um, you have to choose you have to choose. And I opened my eyes and the TV was off. Didn't come from the TV. So I looked at Robert and I said, what did, what did that mean? Did you, did you hear that? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
and I knew it was the Lord. As I was walking back to my room, I hear the Lord say in my spirit, not this time audibly, but in my spirit, and he says, what does my word say? I showed you the serpent, and I showed you the scorpion. What does my word say in Luke ten nineteen? So I'm just going to read it for you real quick. It says, I have given you authority over the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So at 1130 at night, I call my daughter. I was like, hallelujah, peace just flooded my soul. Things are going to be okay. Two weeks later, through all the biopsies, eight biopsies, nothing, no cancer, which is what she believed. So I am like, woohoo, this is in August, so excited, so excited. And September, uh, six weeks ago, I get a call, and it's from the doctor that's the ophthalmologist from April. And she starts out by saying, uh, Miss Luna, I really wish that you would have called us back five months ago because your report was not good. The minute she said that, I started putting everything she said up on a shelf. That is not mine. I do not receive that. I will not receive that. Every spoken word she spoke, I was like, I take captive every thought. I lasso it in, and I put it at the foot of the cross. And I just began to step into faith to believe what the word says only, right? Because it wasn't good. And um, (laughs) so I went to my daughter. She prayed with me, and she said, Mom, what did the Lord just tell you last month? You have to choose. Don't you love it when your own children bring back the word to you? You have to choose. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know I was going to choose again so quickly, but I choose to believe your word, Lord. So um, I will tell you that they biopsied it. Oh, oh, I went into the doctor, another specialist, David Hulk. And um, that day when I went in, oh, man, I'm skipping. Okay, sorry, back up. The day before I went in, it was... I thought it was Bible study. So I'm praying five, five o'clock in the morning. I'm praying in the spirit. It's the day after I've heard this report that I'm not receiving. And I'm in my closet and this necklace, it's a fake necklace, and, uh, but it's pretty. And so uh, I put it on. It has three different little rings for length. And I put it on in my closet and it fell on the floor. And I picked it up. I walked into my bathroom area where I have a full-length mirror. I put it back on. I've worn this all the time since the spring, right? Fell off. I thought, this is crazy. So I walk into my bed, my office to sit in front of my mirror and do my makeup for Bible study. And as I'm sitting there, it falls off in my lap. And I look down, and I'm like, I know how to put this necklace on. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, no matter what the enemy tries to put on you, it will not stick. It will continue to fall off. And to that, I was like, yes, Lord, I receive that in peace. I receive that as truth. That night, I had my prayer team pray over me at the house. And I'm telling you, I've continued to walk in faith with this, with this beautiful woman of God. And um, last week... They called me to let me know that they had lost my biopsy. You left out, though, that they wanted to do the Mohs procedure. Oh, yes. You left. That's important. Yes. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. When I went in, she she knows it all, right? When I went in, I told, they said, we're doing the Mohs procedure. My father had had Mohs, and he had this teeny, teeny, tiny thing, and I'd worked for a dermatologist in college. I was like, get it checked. It looks like a little ingrown hair, but it's more. 
And they end up having an eight-hour surgery, 122 stitches all the way down his face. And the enemy had shown me that picture in my mind. I knew exactly where that picture was in my office because I sold skincare for years and I would go take care of your skin. You don't want this to happen to you, right? And I knew where that picture was and the enemy just kept saying, mm-hmm, just imagine. Oh, and the doctor has said, which I did not receive and I promise you I did not receive it. Uh, she said, we have to get this because it will metastasize. It's too close to your brain. And I was like, I will not receive that report. And I'm telling you, I've walked in peace. Have I not walked yes, in peace? The whole time, peace, no matter what it said. So when I went into Dr. Um, Hulk, I told him that day, I said, I just need you to know you're not going to do most surgery on me. I said, you know, I'll allow you to do a biopsy, to re-biopsy it, only to prove that it is whole. And he goes, you must not have seen your report. And I said, no, I haven't seen it. They didn't send it to me. And he, get, and he walks out and he comes back and he goes, here's your report. And he hands me this piece of paper, which I turned around and handed to my husband. I said, I have no need to read that. I already know what my report says. That's right. I know what the word says. And so that doctor said, I'll do what you say. He did the biopsy and then they lost it. So last Wednesday they called and said, I'm so sorry, we've lost it. You have to come back in. So I went on Thursday and I'm telling you, it, it hurts. You know, there's the injections in the eye area of oh. lidocaine. It, I mean, it just, it hurts. And then every time it would shoot pain for the rest of the day down my face where they had done the cut. And this last Thursday, I just, the Lord was so gracious. It was my third time, which I thought was, I think God's a God of order. It was crazy. But that necklace fell off three times. So three times to prove the word of God is true. When, it, when they did it, they cut a bigger space in the area. And uh, the doctor called me yesterday morning to let me know, not only was it benign, but all the margins are completely clear. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whoops. Thank you. Good job. So we don't always choose what happens to us, but we can choose what we do with it. I wonder what would have happened if she'd said, oh, I've got cancer. Oh, my God, it might go to my brain. Now, we have to deal with the fact I'm not denying that. But I'm denying the right of the diseases of Egypt to remain. You can choose. Psalm 5, you bless the righteous, O Lord, as with a shield you surround him with good will. Psalm 145, 16, you open your hand and you satisfy every living thing with favor. Remember, God's not tight-fisted. He opens his hand. His hand is open to you. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. You know, when you believe this word and you cease to believe that has God said, fun things will happen for you. I have a really fun life. So I'm going to tell you a story, give you one more scripture and we'll close. One day, I, you know, I went to have a manicure, have my nails done and I walk in and I'm sitting on the end and there's a handsome young man sitting there and a beautiful young woman sitting next to her. And, and so I'm getting my nails done and I have a voice that carries in case you haven't noticed. And uh, so I'm just talking and all of a sudden this young man looks at me and he says, are you Sandy Ross? Now I've had that happen a lot. 
but usually with women. And I said, well, yes, I am. And he said, well, I'm going to go ahead and give his name because I think I have permission. He said, well, I'm, I'm Morgan Wooten and Courtney Wooten. Wave everybody, Courtney. I'm Morgan Wooten and, you know, I'm Courtney's son and I love Courtney and Cindy and I have known her for years and we just adore her. And I went, Morgan, that is awesome. You know, so we start talking and, and he's very conversant. And so we're having this really great conversation. I'm having a really good time. And he tells me that he and his beautiful now bride, Claudia, are getting married on the, at the end of October. And I thought, and all of a sudden I heard myself saying something I never do. In fact, I went home and called Cindy and said, I don't, I can't believe I did this. And I said, well, I'll do your premarital. <laughs> now, I, I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> and I just blurted it out. And I thought, I'll never hear from him. But I did. Because <laughs> his mother has my phone number. <laughs> and so next thing I know, I get a text from Morgan. And he's... I know you wouldn't have said that unless the Holy Spirit had directed you. And we'd like to take you up on it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But listen, and he delights in his way. And I want to tell you, I had the most fun with them. I mean, it was a blast. And, and, and Morgan would ha have his head buried in my pillow going, stop, oh no, and you know, he's very extrovert. <laughs> and I've just grown so close to this couple, love them dearly. Look at his beautiful bride, Claudia, wave at everybody. She's just gorgeous. <laughs> the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God is good. And even when I didn't know I heard his voice, I heard his voice. Why? I'm his sheep. I follow him. And I believe that I have authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, so I do not need one in my house. Like some people. I'm just teasing. That was a really good illustration. Why didn't you kill the snake? You picked it up with... Huh? Oh, it did die? Because you squashed it with the tongs? Okay, you threw it hard. All right, good girl. So, ask the Lord to order your steps. He's in the boat. Yes, storms will come. When they come, they will come. And they will beat against your house. Why? To see if you'll believe the deception. But you can choose. You can choose. And your steps are ordered. And he'll tell you exactly what to do, who to go to, who to see. The fact that this doctor was even willing to just do another biopsy was, is amazing. I mean, that's the favor shield. I mean, they'd already declared it's going to go to your brain. But she has a higher authority. So when you get a, ba a bad report, don't just go, I'm doomed. Arise and say what God says. I can give you dozens of healing scriptures. Romans 8, 32, we're going to close. He's a good father. He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, 
I'm going to read that again. He who did not withhold her spirit, even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? How can you deny? How can you deny? The angels go into God's hall of design. But this is broken. Well, it's okay. He can fix it. Well, this isn't working right. It's okay. He can fix it. Well, I'm getting older. Well, so aren't we all? <laughs> but he renews my youth. That's his benefit. That's his benefit. Father, in the name of Jesus, with my brethren, I renounce every lie that you don't care, that your word is not true, that we cannot hear your voice. I renounce it. And I decree your word is truth. We are your sheep. We hear your voice. We follow you. And the voice of a tyrant, we will not follow. We will flee from that voice. Thank you for the power to do it. Because you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.